from Daniel chapter 3. Some from the Chaldeans had come to a man named King Nebuchadnezzar. They said, There are certain Jews whom you've set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They don't serve your gods or worship the gold image which you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I've set up? Now if you're ready, at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I've made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Daniel three twelve through 17. At this time in history, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon was influenced by all those around him to set up this image made of gold, and, and he required everyone to bow down when they heard the music played. They were to bow down all across the land. They were to worship this golden image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respectfully declined to worship and to bow down before a false god. They served the Lord God, Yahweh. They served him only. Even though the whole kingdom was following suit. They went counterculture. Can I use that word? They went counter to the culture and they began to uh, continue to serve the Lord. They stood by the commitment they had made. They stood by their testimony in whom they served, believing, believing they were better off being faithful to God no matter what the result for being faithful to Him might be. They said to the king in verse 18, we know our God is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, we'll not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Verse 19 continues, And Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in the army to bind them and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace... Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. 
Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose quickly, and he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, and they said, O king, true, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men, four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Today, I want us to consider the difficult things that you've gone through in your life. Think back on those things, what that, whatever it might have been. Some trial that you went through, some circumstance that was really difficult, a fearful time, a discouraging time in your life. might have been early childhood, it might have been mid-adult life, a confusing time perhaps. If you were to end each of those experiences that you're thinking about, As you think about it, you end that experience with a summary statement. You would probably say, and God brought peace to my difficult situation. And God brought peace to that difficult time. In the Bible, there's stories and historical events, events that teach us about the peace that God alone is able to bring to our lives. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego teach us something. The story of this fiery furnace teaches us that we can trust God no matter the outcome. They didn't know what the outcome was going to be. They said, the God we serve, we know he is able to take us out of this fiery furnace. We know he's able to save us from the, the fire. But if not, in other words, if he does not, still, we're not going to bow. That's up to God, they said. And we learn from them that we can trust God no matter the outcome. I read a Facebook post just yesterday. In fact, it was right before I was sitting down writing this sermon out. It was about a school student. Maybe you saw it. I'm going to get it wrong because I just briefly read through it and then decided to, to, to try to refine it. I couldn't find it again. Maybe you saw it. But anyway... It's about a school student who was doing the online thing. You know, we're all familiar with that uh, because of the, the COVID crisis. Some students can just stay home and do it online. Well, the, the teacher, he was online, okay, with the class as the teacher's teaching, and she can see if she looks on her computer all the kids that are online in front of their computers, right? And uh, the teacher sent the boy's mother a message while she was at work. And it read something like this, and I'm going to make up the name here. Johnny's attending class online, and he says he needs your help. He said he's stuck between the bed and the wall, and he can't get out. Now, that's a true story. little boy got off between the bed and the wall, and he couldn't move the bed. He couldn't get back out. I guess his arms were squeezed in too tight, and she just sent the, the text back to the teacher said, I'm rushing home right now. So she was going to rush home and take care of it. When you have a problem that you can't solve, and it's bringing turmoil to your life, it's bringing unrest to your heart, you need someone to come and bring peace to your difficult situation. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you'll keep your commitment and trust the Lord, no matter the outcome, He will bring peace to your heart in a difficult time. In Mark chapter 5, we have the scene that's prevalent throughout the Gospels. A large crowd has gathered, and they're around Jesus, 
People from all over are rushing and pressing in to Jesus as he's passing through. And in the crowd is a woman who's been suffering from some sort of bleeding issue, a chronic bleeding that she has experienced for 12 years, the Bible said. And anytime the blood is low, we know the iron count can be low. There's fatigue, there's exhaustion. There's just all kinds of issues you deal with whenever you're losing blood. Well, she had visited many doctors and she had spent all that she had on treatments for her condition and still her, her condition, and still nothing would fix her condition. Instead of getting better, she actually continued to get worse. And because of the nature of her illness, she was treated like someone with leprosy. She had to be pushed away. She had to be an outcast and she was required to stay away from people and not come and be around people and touch people or, uh, um, or put them in a predicament of possibly touching her. They considered that to be unclean according to the laws and traditions of that time. So she is in a difficult situation. She is sick. She is broke. She's out of options and had to remain outcast because of her blood issue. Yet for that moment, something happened. In that moment, she ignored all the pain and all the trial and she took a huge risk. She decided she was going to get to Jesus. And by taking that risk, it changed everything in her life. The Bible says when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you, you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." You know, we're never told this woman's name. We're just told of the event. We're told of what transpired, what took place. But her story of faith teaches us that sometimes we have to ignore the standard and sometimes we have to ignore the protocols of society. Sometimes sometimes we have to even ignore the personal pain that we're going through at the time that we're experiencing. We have to step out from the shadows of saying, well, I'll just stay back and, and be unnoticed. We have to step out from those dark shadows and we've got to step forward, stop, stop caring about the opinions of everyone else and make our way to Jesus. And he will bring peace to our difficult situation. We are prone sometimes when we're suffering. We are prone when we're hurting, emotionally hurting or going through difficult times to sit back, to crouch down low in a dark corner somewhere and try to hide. We don't want to talk about it. What will people think? They may not understand. You know, we have all these kinds of thoughts. Those thoughts are from the enemy. Jesus doesn't work that way. This woman broke protocol. She got out of the dark corner. She came to Jesus. 
In John chapter 14, we find Jesus' disciples very troubled. They're having doubts about finding God. In verse 8 of chapter 14, Philip's, he, Philip says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. The disciples, you know, they had gotten somewhat confused, hadn't they, about really who God was and how to find God, who Jesus was. They had followed him for three years, They had seen his mighty works. They had personally been sent out by him and performed certain miracles and cast out demons from people's lives. They had seen that mighty work flow through them. But they were still confused. They were afraid of him leaving them alone. He begins to hint at the thought that he is going to one day die, that he's going to go... Uh, and die and shed his blood and he can't stay with them forever he's going to leave and they're just thinking surely surely not surely this isn't really going to happen they were beginning to get confused and they were fearing being left alone he was the one supposedly leading them to find god and to have eternal life and now he's about to leave this just didn't make sense to these disciples so Jesus explains to them in John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know that word troubled is the word where we get our word agitated from. The root is the the word for the agitator. Remember the washing machines we used to have that actually cleaned your clothes real well? Has the agitator in there and it would swash them around over and over and over and over and over. It agitated those clothes. They were getting roughed up a little bit, weren't they? And that's what it means to be troubled. Sometimes in life you can feel like you're in a laundry machine and you're getting roughed back and forth, you are being agitated. You're being troubled at the very core of your being and you don't have an answer. You're maybe confused about what to do next. Maybe you are just exhausted, emotionally exhausted, tired of dealing with something that just seems like it cannot be mended. It just will not go away. And you're kind of like these. Maybe you've had even spiritual questions like these disciples have. Uh, Where is God? We're hoping to find God, and you're going to leave us here to find him on our own? What, what's the problem? Jesus, why are you going to leave? Maybe you feel like Jesus is absent sometimes. They said to Jesus, they said, show us the way to where you're going. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
He said, you know the way to where I'm going. I've been telling you all along. I am showing you the way. I am the way. Then he said the Holy Spirit would come and help them and guide them into all truth and and lead them in the right direction. I would say this. Hope is an inside job. Joy is an inside job. Peace is an inside job. I decided yesterday, I, I say that a lot. I always say the joy of the Lord is an inside job. You know, that's something only he can do. I've decided I would just see what, the, what Google had to say about inside job, what that really meant. One online definition described an inside job as a crime committed by someone who's closely involved with the targeted person or group. Using inside job in a sentence, it gave this as an example. Here's the sentence. The robbery must have been an inside job as only three people have access to the safe. I want you to know peace is an inside job. It's not a crime, is it? You know, but peace is an inside job. It's given by God to those who remain close and connected and involved with him. We have access to God through Jesus the Son, and we are safe. Amen? We are safe in Him. Is there confusion? Is there doubt? Is something bringing you down? Is is something, uh, a trial that you seem to not be able to um, withstand? The Word of God tells us that's what the body of Christ is for. That we're to bear one another's burdens. Amen? When you're going through a time like that, I like what the old hymn says, tell it to Jesus, right? Tell it to Jesus and then go tell the church. And the church ought to uphold you in prayer. The church ought to encourage you and lift you up and, and help you to stay faithful and remain close to the Lord. Because when you remain close to Jesus, there is peace in your heart. He gives a peace that passes all understanding. There's only going to be one time in this world when peace prevails. Aren't you glad that you can have personal peace when there seems to be no peace in the world? You can have personal peace anytime. There's only going to be one time when worldwide peace occurs, and that's when Jesus comes and takes over. That's when Jesus takes us out of here, right? And he begins to rule and reign on the earth and make everything that is subject to him already, he's going to put it under his feet and there's going to be great peace. When we get to heaven, there's going to be great peace. But we can experience the peace of his presence in the here and the now because peace, personal peace, is an inside job. I'm thankful that Jesus came I'm thankful that, as our lesson talked about with Mary and Joseph, I'm thankful that the Lord, through an angel, spoke to Joseph and said, don't put her away. That child that she's bearing is of the Holy Spirit. And he was faithful. And he married her. And they gave birth to Jesus the Son. And ever since, 
people have been able to have inward peace. Peace is an inside job. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for each home that's represented today, each life that's here. God, I pray that they might have the personal peace of the Holy Spirit residing in their heart and life today. I don't know all the circumstances. I don't know all the situations. Sometimes people deal with things that occurred years ago. Some of those things are things we've already, we've committed, sins we've committed, and we've already been forgiven for. But it's hard to get past it sometimes. God, I pray that you might give them the peace of your forgiveness. Some of those things are trials and tribulations they went through. They never want to repeat those things ever again or have them repeated in their life, and so they're fearful. God, I pray that your peace would comfort their heart. They wouldn't walk in fear, but they'd walk in your grace and your peace. Some may be confused about certain things of Scripture, and they have doubts about salvation. Will they really go to heaven? They've put their faith and trust in you. Are they really safe and secure? God, I pray you'd give them the peace that comes from the truth of your word. It says, if any man looks to the Father and believes on him, I will raise him up at the last day unto eternal life. I will allow none to slip out of my hand. God, I pray for their peace. This season, Lord, may we be joyful, hopeful, and at peace in our hearts as we walk this week with you. And Lord, if you place people in our pathway, let us be quick to share the reason for the hope that we have, the joy that we have, and the peace that's available to them also. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.